What's going on, Silverbacks? Uh, Adam and Phil here. We're starting our very first podcast. Uh, today we're having our guest, Brett Crisman, on. He was one of our first sponsored athletes. Guy's strong as fuck, um, and he's going to have a lot of great advice for us, I think. Yeah, so he's coming uh, out of Arizona, and hopefully uh, we can catch him before he hits the gym. Hope you like it. I don't know where to look, though. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on, Brett? Hey, man. How much, man? How are you? Not too bad at all. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. Sorry it took so long. <laughs> oh, it's all good. We're, I think uh, everyone's busy with training and, uh, you know, work and life and that kind of thing. So, you know, sometimes it takes a while to organize these things. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, the holidays were uh, eventful this year. I'm glad it's over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good, so, uh, how you been, Brett? How's training? How's everything going for you? Training's going all right. Um, I can't complain too much. Uh, I mean, just like everybody else does this for you know, I've had a few injuries here and there that seem to not be uh, healing up as quickly as usual. But other than that, man, I mean, the weight's still moving. I'm still getting stronger. It's just a matter of uh, kind of stepping up my mobility game a little bit. I've been a little lazy lately. And at a certain point, that falls on me, so I can't complain too much. Mobility is never really fun, though. I don't really blame you. It's uh, a struggle for me to try and get such time aside to actually do it. I don't know. It's fun yeah, just exactly. lifting. It's, it's time-consuming, man. You know, after training all day and training clients and stuff, sometimes the last thing I want to do is, you know, spend my last two hours of the night foam rolling and yeah. <laughs> keep the stuff up. But. Yeah, especially when uh, I remember a video with Mark Bell. He was talking about how, he likes to make fun of people rolling around on the foam rollers on the floor of the gym for an hour before they start. So hearing that in the back of your head, you know, you never want to be that guy, but sometimes, you know, mobility is important, right? You got to, you got to warm up those muscles and warm up uh, those joints and everything and make sure everything's uh, moving as it should be. Right. Definitely, man. I feel like, you know, everybody's a little different. Some people feel like they can kind of go into the gym and just get moving and get going quickly. For me, I mean, <laughs> Uh, you can ask anybody that I train with, I, I probably warm up for a good 30, 35 minutes, no matter what I'm doing that day. <laughs> What's yeah. your warm-up consist of, typically? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, no matter what I'm doing that day, even if I'm not doing bench or anything, I always like to do some stuff for my right elbow. Um, I had a, I had an elbow scope done about a year ago, oh, so wow. it's just one of those things that I constantly, no matter what I'm doing, just put a little maintenance into it here or there. Um, if I get a little lazy with it, it just tends to not extend or flex as well. So it's one of those injuries that you just got to stay on top of, put a little time into it every day, and it seems to kind of at least not get worse. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. I mean, that, um, a lot of foam rolling, a lot of uh, PNF stretching. I got a, we have a guy that comes to our gym that I try to get in with like once a week just to get massages from and stretches me out, but. I mean, besides that, just the basics, man. Um, just a little bit of static stretching, active stretching, and a lot of foam rolling. Nice. And so, like, how big of a part do, like, fruit cups then play into, like, your pre-workout uh, strategy? I think, uh, damn, I don't know where it went, man. I had a fruit cup right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's kind of like my go-to intra-workout little carbohydrate ritual right now. Yeah. It's just... It's easy to put down. I usually just get a little mandarin fruit cup, a scoop of aminos, and keeps me going for the second half. Of the there work. you go. That's, that's all awesome. you need. Yeah, that's yeah. that's great to hear. <laughs> uh, so, 
how how do you get started in powerlifting? What what all kind of uh, you know sparked this passion? Because you're you're obviously a, a passionate lifter. You're obviously very good at what you do. So how did you even get involved in it in the beginning? Um, I feel like it was just kind of one thing led to another, man. Just like anybody else, you know, I, I was about 14, 15, and I just wanted to start working out. You know, I just wanted to get a little bigger, wanted to get a little stronger. Um, when I first started lifting, man, I literally all I did, you know, was like bicep curls and bench press. <laughs> and at that point, you know, I thought I wanted to be like an IFBB pro bodybuilder. You know, if you asked me 10 years ago, you know, I'd, I'd tell you I want to be 300 pounds and 6% body fat. <laughs> you know, be doing all that stuff, but it just, the more I got into it, the more I realized that, number one, that wasn't very possible for me, but number two, I just, I noticed that the stronger I got, the more I fell in love with it, really, so it just, you know, I started off more of the aesthetic route, just wanted to get bigger, and just the stronger I got, the more passionate I got about just kind of focusing more on the strength aspect as opposed to the hypertrophy and bodybuilding stuff. Do you have? Did you have like a group of friends you worked out with at the time, or have you always kind of been by yourself? Or uh, I did actually. Um, so in about eighth grade, um, I was supposed to go to some high school, and I ended up getting a boundary exception to go to a different one because I played hockey. And uh, oh, cool. the high school that I was going to didn't have hockey teams. So long story short, I wanted to go to the other high school so I could play hockey. Right. So all my friends that I kind of had when I was younger went to this other high school. So, you know, I kind of made some new friends at this other place that I was going to. And a lot of them played football and stuff. And I noticed that they were working out and they were all, you know, bigger and stronger than me. And I was like, hey, you know, I kind of want to start working out and see what I can do as well. So, yeah. And the rest is history. Pretty much, man. Just one thing led to another. And 11 years later, man, I've I've been doing this pretty much consistently since I've been about 15, 16. Like I said, you know, the focus has changed. I've There's been a couple couple of years where I focus more on strongman stuff, more on Olympic lifting stuff. So I've kind of tried a little bit of it all, and I think I just kind of settled with powerlifting because I feel like, number one, I love it, but number two, I feel like I probably have the most potential in powerlifting as opposed yeah. to strongman. I mean, I'm five foot nine. It, you just can't get very far in strongman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I guess a lot of strongman competitors are, you know, over six feet easily, six foot three, six foot four, most cases. So, I mean, but if you're looking at your powerlifting performance, you, you're you definitely stand out from the rest of them. I mean, what, where, what are your lifts right now? What are your best competition lifts that you've achieved uh, as of right, as of today? Uh, best competition lifts are, uh, these are all in the 198 pound weight class, all raw sleeves. So squat is 600 in competition. I've done 622 in the gym. Um, for bench, I've benched 440 in competition and 445 in the gym. And then, uh, deadlift, I've done 733 in the meet and then, uh, 727 in the gym. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> those are uh, yeah. I mean, those are some pretty pretty big numbers. I mean, uh, I think anyone can attest to that. Even anybody that has no experience with powerlifting could probably tell you that those are some pretty impressive numbers. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're th what third right now in your weight class <clears throat> in the states? Uh, or? I, I've moved down a couple. I think I'm like fifth or sixth now. So I need to get Still on the platform again. <laughs> 
to climb back up there, which I have a competition in four weeks. So four weeks from today. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. we'll uh, we'll definitely be watching that. I mean, I know uh, having done some competitions as well, it's always exciting, and and especially when you have some big goals to hit, it makes it even uh, more exciting. That's for sure. Definitely, man. Yeah, I, uh, you know, as, as I told you guys, you know, I was planning on doing the LA Fit Expo, which is actually this weekend. Yeah. Um, fortunately, just had to drop out of that due to some timing issues and stuff. But luckily, there was a, that competition was here four weeks later, so the timing kind of worked out good. What kind of stuff do you do to prepare for a competition? Like four weeks out from now, what kind of stuff are you going to be doing in the next couple of weeks to prepare? Um, well, I mean, as, as far as like, as far as like my programming training goes, I mean, you know, just like anybody else kind of, you know, these last few weeks, I'm just kind of testing, see where, seeing where I'm at, you know, um, deciding on my openers. Um, I, you know, everybody does things a little differently. I like to at least get a somewhat gauge on kind of where I'm at. Some people say a little more conservative in their last few weeks of training, yeah. but I like to go a little heavier and just so I can be a little more accurate with where I'm at. But, I mean, aside from that, um, I mean, nutrition-wise, everything stays about the same. Uh, I mean, I, I, I got to do a little weight cut. I'm waking up at about 212, 213 right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that last week before the comp, you know, I'm going to have to drop the carbs and not drink water for about a day and a half. <laughs> so, that's always fun. But... So, do you find you're pretty comfortable around 210, or have you had to work really hard to get there? Uh, I've always just been one of those people, man, that just, I'm just the true ectomorph body type. Like it's always been so hard for me to gain weight. Like I said, I've been, you know, lifting consistently since I was 15 or 16. And I don't even think I saw 200 pounds on the scale until about 22, 23. So it's just been one of those things like, yeah, man, when when I first started working out, I was 125 pounds. Oh, wow. I mean, obviously, you know, I was 15 then. True. Yeah. But still, I just, you know, truthfully, man, I, <laughs> if you saw me in person, especially if you saw, like, my calves and just my joints, you'd be like, oh, this dude's, like, built to run. <laughs> team no calves? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Part of that team, for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Do you have a favorite lift of the three? Uh, deadlift. Yeah. Definitely, hands down. Um, you know, honestly, I've, I've kind of had to learn to love the squat. It's just never been nice to me. It's, <laughs> it's. I don't know, I hate to make excuses, you know, and say, oh, I'm just not built for it, but I've just, I've always, it's always just been my, my most stubborn lift, so at a certain point, you know, I'm almost the most proud of where my squat's at, just because it's been such a pain in the ass to get it to where it's at, but I mean, at the end of the day, I just, nothing replaces deadlift for me, I just, I don't know what it is, just such an alpha exercise, yeah. Do you have any like tips or cues that have really helped you kind of improve your deadlift over the years? And um, I'd say number one, probably the most important thing for deadlifting is just your starting position and learning how to get tight and learning how to stay tight through that right. pull. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of people that have kind of tried to, you know, a lot of people that I train in person and stuff that have kind of tried to emulate my technique a little bit or something. As you guys have seen, I, I go pretty quick. It's pretty explosive, and it's just one of those things where you know when I first started doing it, I was very inconsistent with it, and right. it's just taken years of just doing that same setup and the exact same thing to get it consistently to where it's at. So I'd say more than anything else for deadlifting or any other exercise, it's just being consistent. I know too many people that you know mess with too many things, like kind of like that 
quote like don't fix it if it if it ain't broken right yeah. um, like a lot of people be like you know if they're having bench problems if they're plateaued or something they'll be like i'm gonna move my grip out a little bit i'm gonna try to move it in a little bit and i find that just being consistent and just sticking with the same thing week in week out is hands down the important part of just making progress overall well, that makes sense and then for your training with deadlifts, do you stay in like the 70 to 80% range, kind of your one rep max most of the time, or what do you have a strategy for that? Um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I'll usually stay around 85, under 85% or so until, you know, I'm getting closer to a competition about eight weeks out or so. Um, for me, I, I kind of program my deadlifts a little different than I program my squats and my bench. And what I mean by that is, for instance, for squatting and bench, I pretty much just base off of just volume. And right. I've just found that that's what it responds to. Whereas my deadlift, it doesn't seem to respond to volume as well as it does of just like a little higher intensity lifting. So you'll notice for my deadlifts, I'll just kind of focus on hitting little rep PRs, whether it's a one rep, a two rep, a three rep, all the way up to five or six. And I kind of just cycle up and down that rep range. Right. And I mean, it's, it's pretty basic, but it's just what's worked for me up to this point. So once again, I just see no point to really mess with it when I'm still making the progress I am. But yeah, I just, I've just found over time that the more volume I do for deadlift, I mean, number one, it's so much harder to recover for squats and bench. So just kind of having that top set and doing back down accessory work pretty light seems to be working for me. Cool. Have you always done your own... Uh, programming or have you had a coach before or followed other programs or um i mean i have i've followed other programs like i've done you know just basic kind of five three one or like the texas program or yeah. i've done a few rounds of just like small up junior for squat and bench um besides that i i do all my own programming um i just enjoy doing it i feel like i can stay pretty honest with myself and kind of stick to the plan. That's the big thing for a lot of people that do their own programming is they tend to second guess themselves a lot. And that's one thing that I feel like I'm pretty good at is just sticking to the plan. So as of now, yeah, I've pretty much done all my own programming up to this point. So you mentioned, uh, you know, making progress in your deadlifts and figure out what works for you, but what do you do when things aren't working? What do you do when you hit those plateaus and you need, uh, you know, a little extra help or a little extra, you know, volume or what's your strategy for uh, smashing through those uh, plateaus? I mean, usually if, if something like that's happened in my training where I'm plateaued, I mean, usually I'm either not recovering well enough or it's just time to switch something up. So, I mean, there's times where in my programming um, that I'll actually, I won't deadlift for like three or four weeks straight. And I'll usually just up my squat frequency. And so I found that usually, like, if my deadlift's not moving, I just need to kind of take a little break from it for a few weeks and go back to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as, as far as like, squatting goes, it's just it, – it responds to nothing but volume. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I hate volume work, but it's, <laughs> it's necessary to get my squat stronger. So I put myself through it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of people that can kind of relate to that. I mean – if there's there's at least one lift or maybe even two lifts that sometimes you know it's not a matter of uh of even technique but just you know getting that time under tension getting that volume in and making sure that you're doing that work and sometimes it's not fun but you know sometimes that's what it takes to to improve at it definitely yeah you know i've, I've definitely found that you know 
the stronger I get, the more the more specific you need to be to your sport or what you're trying to get to. Like I said, you know, I used to kind of do more strongman stuff, more Olympic lifting stuff, but I definitely got to a point where it was like, okay, if I want to get better at deadlift, squatting, and benching, I need to focus on that and kind of drop all the other stuff that isn't specifically helping me towards that as much. How many, like, days a week do you train and, like, kind of for how long? Um, right now, I'm training four days a week. Um, usually, once I get to about eight, 12 weeks out from a comp, I drop it to four times a week. Normally, I lift five times a week. Right. Um, and usually, that, that extra day is just kind of an accessory day to maybe do some extra, you know, just like isolation work, whatever I couldn't fit in those other four days. I usually just end up doing a lot of back work, um, core-specific work, extra mobility. But yeah, definitely, as you know, I get closer to the competition and the squats are getting heavier and the deadlifts are getting heavier. I have to drop that next day just for better recovery. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we noticed uh, Mike Rashid was training at your gym the one day. Um, what's that like, training around? Like, Do you have a lot of, kind of, I guess, celebrities coming through or like more famous people in the community coming through that gym? Um, I mean, we've we've definitely had a few. I mean, uh, we've had we had Dan Green out there um, probably a couple of years ago or so just to do like a seminar. Um, we've had like Ben Seath out there. Yeah, Mike Rashid. He uh, lives here local. Okay. So yeah, he uh, he probably stops by the gym once or twice a week. Usually, I think he's been pretty busy the last few weeks. But yeah, he's got a membership there, and it's it's awesome, man, to get to meet these people and train around them. Um, I mean, I definitely would not be where I'm at um, strength-wise without the gym that I'm at and just that environment of being around people like that to just keep you motivated and yeah. makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that's what uh, I've heard a lot of people say about uh, the environment that you're, that you're lifting in. It, it can make a big difference. I mean, Adam and I are kind of uh, stuck right now working out at a university gym, which, you know, it's... It's all right. The equipment's there. Uh, there's more. The facility is more than acceptable. But when it comes to having that environment, then yeah, it, I find it, it would make a big difference. or does make a big difference when you uh, when you're lifting with people that are just as passionate as you are. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with the commercial gym. You know, I mean, I lifted there for ninety percent of the time that I've been lifting. It's just. It's, it's just better. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's just more motivating. You know, it's, I don't have people coming up to me and telling me I can't deadlift or I can't drop the bar and all of that <laughs> crap you deal yeah, with. Yeah, no, no one needs that in the middle of their session. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. What's Revolution Gym like? Is it a pretty powerlifting-focused gym then? Um, I mean, we got a little bit of everything for the most part. Um, we got a lot of powerlifters there. But, um, I mean, there's, there's some people that do kind of more physique, bodybuilding stuff. Right. Um, a couple people that do more strongman stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we got people all across the board. I mean, we got people coming in there that are just, you know, just trying to get into a little better shape, not doing anything crazy. And then we got the people, you know, that are very, very serious and very committed. And another good thing is, you know, I, I train with a group of about five or six other people, and we all just are like-minded as far as powerlifting goes and just our work ethic and it just makes the biggest difference that makes a lot of sense um are you working full-time or do you are you tra are you training people for the most part or what do you spend most of your time doing uh for work yeah pretty much personal training so i actually 
train people out of revolution. Okay. Um, so I have some clients there and then, uh, I recently started doing like the online programming stuff just to help a little bit with some side cash. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, technically I don't work full time <laughs> just because I don't, I haven't built up my clientele enough to get to that point. But I mean, that is the goal is to just slowly build up my clientele. I mean, I've been personal trainer for about five years now. Started in a commercial gym, worked there for a couple of years, and luckily got the opportunity to, to uh, work at this gym that I'm at now. So, no, that's nice. Cause it gives you, I think, some more flexibility to, as far as your training goes. Allows you to focus more on your training. And I know a nine to five job, it can be tired, to, tough to find time to train and, and dedicate. Cause being like top five or six, it's like that's not easy. It takes a lot of time and effort to do that, right? So. No, definitely, man. And you know, that's one thing that I will say is that you know I, I've been very lucky to to have a pretty accommodating schedule for right. this type of training. And, you know, I feel like at a certain point that makes a big difference. You know, I, I know people, and especially like a few of my training partners, I got a, actually my roommate, he's a nurse, you know, so he works like 12 hour shifts. And, oh, wow. You know, it's just, you know, seeing what he goes through schedule wise compared to me, it's like, <clears throat> I can definitely see where, you know, working kind of a normal nine to five career job like that would be so much more difficult. So I, I definitely am uh, very lucky to have the schedule that I do. What kind of, uh, do you do any sort of type of diets or nutrition or anything specifically? Like, I know I got into powerlifting, so I was allowed to basically eat whatever I want now, which is one of the benefits for me, <laughs> like a bunch of fruit cups if I wanted. Um, but I don't know, like, do you have a specific regimen that you follow as far as what you eat and stuff? Uh, I mean, I definitely, I definitely eat about the same consistent foods every day. Um, I don't do anything crazy, man, just as long as I, you know, stay around the, you know, 208 to 212, 214, I'm fine. Yeah. I, mean, I do count my macros. Um, I normally eat about 90 grams of fat a day, about 400 grams of carbs, and about 200 grams of protein, um, just as an average. I mean, right. I'm not too strict about that, you know, like you said. Um, I kind of enjoy the eating whatever I want part as well. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, if I have days where, you know, I feel like going over all my fat, you know, by 20, 30 grams, I don't stress about it too yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any supplements or anything that you're using? Like protein powder maybe, but... Um, pretty much all the basic stuff. I, you know, protein powder, pretty much just like a whey isolate, um, multivitamin, fish oil, pre-workout, and then uh, just like intra-aminos. Yeah. But pretty basic with that stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. What kind of uh, what kind of music do you listen to at the gym? If you do listen to it while you train, what's your what's your go to? You know, I I kind of enjoy almost every genre of music as far as lifting goes. It, it it just depends what I'm in the mood for. I mean, there's times where you know I feel like it's some little heavier, play some heavy metal or something. But I mean, uh, there's times where I'm in there, I'll be listening to you know reggae or something that's a little <laughs> more relaxing. It just depends depends what I'm doing that day. It depends. What, what kind of mood I'm in. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely, I would say my go-to overall is more of just like hip-hop and rap and just kind of more upbeat stuff. Yeah, cool. right on. Do you have, what are your kind of like future goals next maybe one to five years as far as powerlifting goes? Um, I'd, li I'd like to stay in, in, in the 198 weight class for at least another year or two. Um, I feel like even now, you know, I'm not making that big of a cut. It's still pretty for me to make 198 right. um but eventually eventually you know i do want to go up to 220 um you know I, i'd like to just see 
at a certain point, I just want to get bigger and stronger. You know, right. I'd like to see where I can get to at 198. I definitely think that I can still add a decent amount to my total, but it's just one of those things where, you know, it's probably going to start slowing down eventually, and that's when I'll make the move to 220. Um, <clears throat> I would love to I would love to get to, like, a 500 bench at 198. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm probably in the 460, 465-ish range right now. Um, so I feel like it's possible, but who knows? You know, I could just get to that 480, 485-ish mark and just hit a wall. I feel like, you True. know. There's not many people that, that bench 500 at 198 that also have a good deadlift. Mm. So, uh, but I mean, as far as deadlift goes too, you know, I mean, my lifetime goal, I mean, it's eight, 800. I'd love to hit 800 at 198, but as you guys know, you Damn. know, one person has done that, Jesse Norris. Yeah, and, true. You know, I'll give it everything I can, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about like, do you do a lot of deload weeks and that type of thing? Do you schedule that in for yourself? I do, uh, especially when like I'm prepping for a meet. Once again, like if I'm if I don't have a meet coming up, I normally can kind of self-regulate my program enough to the point where I don't have to deload very often. But you know, when I'm doing this peaking phase, you know, when I'm hitting heavy doubles, kind of like my deadlift yesterday, like you definitely need to deload a little more frequently. So I'd say right now I'm deloading about every fourth week. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, too, you know, I do my own programming, so I kind of. I'm able to be a little more flexible with that. So if I feel like I can push it for another week, I'll push it for another week. If I'm feeling crappy, I'll take my deload week early. So it's just one of those things where I just listen to my body, and if I need the deload, I'll take it. If not, sure. try to just keep pushing along. Oh, how do you uh, how do you recover? What are your what are your favorite methods for uh, you know helping your recovery along so you can you know, keep on pushing that weight? Um. Uh, I mean, nutrition overall, you know, plays a huge role. Um, I've always been one of those people that I, I kind of recently have been lowering my protein intake and upping my carbs because I've always been one of those those people that's just like, no, like I, I need 250 grams of protein plus. And, you know, the science is, as far as powerlifting goes kind of shows you really don't need that much protein. So right. lately I've kind of finally gave in and I've kind of lowered my protein like even about a year ago, you know, I was probably eating 250 to 300 grams of protein a day, and I'm down to about 200 a day on average right now. But I literally feel no difference. I feel better, and just by lowering my protein, I'm able to up my carbs and fat a little bit. And I feel like that's definitely made a pretty big difference in my recovery. Just getting an extra 50 to 100 grams of carbs a day. But um, besides that, I mean, just just the basic, you know. Every night, I usually put at least a half hour to 45 minutes in of just foam rolling, stretching, moving around. Um, I mean, besides that, I I don't really do anything out of the ordinary. Like, I don't really take any, like, you know, salt baths or anything like that, but pretty basic. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was watching a video with uh, Omar and Greg Knuckles, and they're doing, they had two guys on who just basically squatted every day for, like, a month, and they put on, like, almost like 50 pounds on their squat totals. Have you done anything like that over your the last 11 years that's really helped you kind of increase your squat bench or deadlift? Uh, well, definitely. I <clears throat> I was stuck at about a 500-pound deadlift for – or deadlift, 500-pound squat for a long time. Yeah. And, I mean, pretty much how I got past that plateau was just squatting two to three times a week. Um, 
just when I squat once a week, it just doesn't make the gains that it makes when I squat two, three times a week. So I found that right. more than anything, just frequency and volume is the most important thing for a squat on me. Um, like I said, I've done Smolok Jr. a few times. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, with that, you'll squat like four times a week for like a three-week period. Um, but I have found that that's about all I can take as far as my knees go. Like yeah. after a few weeks of just that high frequency squatting, my knees are just, they're done. They need some time off. So I found that for me, twice a week max for squatting as far as frequency goes. But yeah, I think that's, you know, something that everybody should consider is it's not always just about, you know, adding more weight or, or volume overall, just sometimes adjusting your frequency make a bigger difference than adjusting anything else. That makes sense. Um, I was watching a Mark Bell podcast, and they talked about on kind of when you're in the off season or not training for a competition, they'll get rid of the belts and the knee sleeves and all that stuff. Do you go? Like I noticed you were pulling with deadlifts. I think it was like six fifty ribless, beltless, all that stuff. Doing sumo like last week, I think it was. Do you go through cycles yeah. where you don't use knee sleeves and belts and stuff? Um, I, I do, I do. Um, pretty much after my meets and I kind of restart my training cycle and I'm going a little lighter, you know, probably starting in, you know, 65, 70% range. Um, I definitely will go minimal equipment use at that point. You know, I, I enjoy doing a lot of beltless training. Um, you know, I've had a lot of back problems and at a certain point I just feel like if I can get my beltless stuff super strong, it's probably going to be good for me in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always just focused on, you know, doing a lot of beltless stuff. Um, you know, I think just kind of all the strongman stuff that I did, all the farmer's walks and the stones and all that, it's just really kind of conditioned me to be able to work with a pretty heavy workload beltless. Like, I feel like all of my beltless squats and, and deadlifts are pretty pretty comparatively close to with the belt, and I attribute that literally to just training without the belt. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. How do you uh, how do you incorporate uh, any kind of speed training into your uh, workouts? Because I know you have, uh, you call them lightning, lightning deadlifts, and uh, I mean, it is definitely some good speed work. So how do you find that fits into your uh, your training methodology? Uh, well, first of all, i got to give credit to, to Josh Bryant for the lightning deads. Don't want him to get pissed at me, but yeah. <laughs> so the lightning deads, it's actually something new that I just, I'm trying these out for this training cycle. I've always loved doing speed training, and I definitely feel like, all of the speed and dynamic training that I've, that I've done is a big part of the reason that I am explosive like I am. So I've just always put a big emphasis on speed. But like I did more of kind of a West Side barbell routine for, for years, you know, where I would just have like a dynamic and a max effort lower day and a dynamic and a max effort upper day. And I, you know, some people feel like those routines aren't great for raw lifters, but I felt like, I made just as good progress doing that type of training than anything else that I've tried. So I definitely am a big believer in just training for velocity and just trying to always move things as fast as you can. Yeah. But I mean, ways that I incorporate, you know, kind of speed work into my program is, I mean, number one, <clears throat> when I do take my deload weeks, I'll usually do speed work that week. Um, it's probably not at like the same percentage that you would do it at for your routine, but that's just one way that I can get some kind of more engaging stuff in on my deload week is just focusing on speed with super light weights. But I mean, pretty much 
I have like my main lift for you know bench water deadlift. Say I go in there and I lift, you know I'll have like my main workout, which is you know just whatever my top set is. Then usually whatever accessory I have after is focused on speed. So I, I, I guess to put it simply, I've just I've always put a big emphasis on speed training, and I feel like it's been really effective for me. Cool. Um, for people who are watching, maybe don't know you so well. Uh, I know you mentioned like online coaching. What does that kind of consist of when you're working with someone? Um, so as far as the online coaching goes, I mean, you know, obviously a lot of them don't live near me. That's why we're right. doing them and stuff. So, I mean, pretty much, um, you know, if they get in contact with me and they want to do programming, you know, we'll just kind of communicate back and forth for a week, talking about goals and experience and what they're trying to do. And, uh, I mean, pretty simple. I'll just set them up with, you know, an 8, 12, 16-week training template. Um, I take it week to week. I don't I don't, I, I don't know why I use the word template because I literally don't use a template. I do it all week to week based off how it's looking. It's more of like an RPE-based program. Yeah. Um, but I found that it's definitely been effective for everybody that's tried it. And I feel like the fact that I've always done my own programming and I just, I just feel like I have pretty good skills to help other people because I've always just done my own programming and I've kind of tried what works and what doesn't, so... Yeah, and being doing this for such a long period of time like you have, and then being in a gym with other strong people, I'm sure you've seen like a large spectrum of what works and what doesn't and have a good perspective for new people, especially coming to the sport. Definitely, man. And, you know, with that being said, you know, people respond to different things. You know, I mean, yeah. there's people that, you know, like I said, my deadlift doesn't really respond, respond to volume. You know, there's people that are the exact opposite. You know, it's like they purely have to base it off of volume. So, yeah, that's definitely very important is just finding what works for the client so you know everybody's different and people respond to different things so no, definitely cool. gotta experiment around a little bit and see what works best for people for sure um in terms of uh what was i gonna say here um lost my train of thought here uh where was i going with this oh yeah uh what what would you consider some of your your maybe top three your favorite uh tips or tricks for the squat bench and deadlift like could you just walk us through the maybe even the three biggest things that you've uh you've done to you know either improve your technique or you know uh, improve the way that you uh, lift that weight yeah definitely all right so for i'll start with squat um i squatted high bar for my first five or six years of squatting never even tried low bar and uh i mean not this is some, you know, huge breakthrough that I had, but, you know, literally just switching to low bar for me has made a world of difference. Like I said, my squat was stuck at 500 pounds high bar for a long time, and I just really couldn't get it to move. So the biggest thing for me was just finally committing to doing low bar, and, you know, it sucks for a while because I went to low bar, and it was like, you know, 405 was, like, horrible. You know, I, I, I had no stopping power. Like, kind of when you when you do, like, a high bar, you know, Olympic-style squat, it's you don't stop at parallel. So, kind of that deacceleration was killing me for a while. But, I mean, as far as squat goes, the best thing I ever did was just go low bar and just find my own technique. Um, I feel like a lot of people, they, they, you know, they look at certain lifters or they read the textbooks and it tells them you have to squat this way or you have to bench this way. And everybody's different, you know, everybody joints and bones and everybody's built differently and I just feel right. like at a certain point you got to kind of find what works the best for you and 
is everybody always going to agree with it? No, but at a certain point, you just got to find what works better for you because it's not always, you know, set in stone. Um, I mean, another thing I would say the most important thing for squat for me that I focus on more than anything else is just tightness, just getting tight, taking my breath before the squat. Um, I think I remember watching a video that, that Chris Duffin had um, on just like abdominal bracing for squat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, up until that point, I was pretty much bracing the, the wrong way. So I you know, watched this video and took some tips from it and tried it out the next day. And it was like instantly just, just bracing the way that he said, probably improved my squat by 20 to 30 pounds wow. overnight just from bracing differently. Yeah, I think uh, I think I watched that exact video myself. Actually, it's a we'll probably post it in the description or something because it is a, it is a great video and it really changed the way I squat for sure. The same as you. Yeah, um, I mean, as as far as bench goes, I would say the the biggest cue for me and the biggest thing I work on is just like lat tightness and leg drive. Um, you know, when I first started benching and stuff, you know, you, you really think about you know just like using your arms and your chest to really push the weight. Um, I feel like for me now, it's it's an entirely different movement than it used to be. Um, yeah. Like I literally, I literally think about pulling the bar almost more than I think about pushing the bar. And what I mean by that is, you know, just kind of sitting up on bench when you're going into that, you know, um, eccentric range of motion, just literally engaging those lats and getting everything super tight. Um, and actually, Eric Spoto has a really good video about that too. Yeah. That's another video that I watched that was just like, kind of night and day difference of just getting tight and using that leg drive and i mean that right there has probably added a good 20 pounds to my bench just from um having a little different mindset i guess of what to focus on while benching right uh, as far as deadlift goes i i can't i can't really think of anything off the top of my head it's like yeah you know that was that was a huge cue for me but i just always go back to just the starting position and just being consistent with it and not switching things up. Like, you know, the way that I approach the bar when I deadlift 700 pounds is the same way that I approach the bar with no weight on it. And so it's right. just one of those things where you just do the same thing over and over and over again. And just eventually, you know, your movement patterns, your CNS and everything, it just kind of comes together. And that's one thing that I will say is, you know, the more that I do these movements, the more almost robotic you feel the more efficient you get at the movement and it 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 feels entirely different 10 years into lifting than it did when i first started lifting that makes sense yeah that's great um yeah i think that's all our questions for you today man i appreciate the time um where can people find you obviously your instagram's at brett chrisman um are you on anything else uh i actually just got a facebook it's the same thing uh just brett chrisman um yeah, man, I pretty much, uh, I've been dark as far as the social media goes up until my Instagram, so <laughs> I'm definitely trying to, uh, get my name out there, and I thank you guys for helping me with that as well, so. Hey, well, uh, like, we're just, we're happy to, uh, happy to help you out anyway, I mean, you're definitely deserving of it, because you're a hell of a strong lifter, and you put in the, put in the work, so any way that we can help, and I mean, any way that you can, uh, help other people get your name out there, and just let people know that what you're doing. I mean, we're uh, we're always happy to happy to help any way we can. For sure, man. Um, send us. Is, are they live streaming your um, your meet? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure if they're live streaming mine. If they are, I'll definitely I'll send you guys the link. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it'd be great to watch that. So, 
Anyways, yeah, yeah, enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. I appreciate the time. All right, man. Going to bench right now. So <laughs> I'll post some videos here soon. Can't Sounds wait, good. Man. See you, brother. All right, man. Happy weekend. Thanks. Thank all right, that's all we have for you today, guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope all Brett's information was helpful. Uh, I think our next podcast will have our other sponsor athlete, Jason, on, uh, who's also a strong guy, and hopefully he'll be able to provide more advice for you. Um, if you have any questions that you want answered uh, that maybe weren't answered on here today, but we can talk about next time, for sure let us know. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, we have this live on Periscope, so follow us there at Silverback Power. Uh, we're going to post some of Brett's links as well. So if you uh, want to reach out to Brett, see what he can do for you, uh, we'll uh, link you up there. So stay tuned for the next podcast. Yeah, peace.